Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Folks, and welcome to another edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Kyle Krabs, your solo host for the day. Uh, Joe Marino is off today. Uh, we had some uh, scheduling difficulties getting everybody on the same page with a, a beautiful weekend. You know, I'm up here in Philadelphia area. Uh, 
been waiting for nice weather for, oh, I don't know, about a month, month and a half. So now that we actually have some, um, Joe and I just, just uh, couldn't couldn't get the stars aligned to get, get some recording done. So I told him I'd take the reins uh, because I have some of I think I'm really going to enjoy talking to you guys about, and that is uh, today on Draft Dudes, I'm going to be talking about some of my personal draft crushes from the past several years, um, and that is not inclusive to players that are good now, uh, which I think is something that's important to distinguish as I turn my alarm off here. We're starting early in the morning. Um, yeah, so... 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, I've done four years worth of draft assessments. If you count this year's prospectus and the expansion pack that I've done uh, in those four years, I have evaluated 1,232 football players in that time window. Uh, So inevitably, with that, there are some uh, that you're going to obviously – become very fond of, and not necessarily players that are at the top of the draft board. So let's say, for example, uh, 2014 NFL draft, uh, I actually had four players with a top 10 value. In the years since, I have not been able to secure more than one player in each of the last three years that had a top 10 overall value. Uh, 2017, my top 10 overall value uh, was Miles Garrett. He is the highest eval I've ever given out at 8.65 out of a maximum of 9. So anything 8.5 and above is a top 10 overall value. That's a player that you're saying in a vacuum, yeah, this is a really special player, blue chip caliber player. Uh, Miles Garrett, uh, the highest I've given out in the past four years. In 2015, or I'm sorry, in 2016, uh, Miles Jack was that player. Uh, There are some notable players underneath him. uh, Ezekiel Elliott, DeForest Buckner, Laramie Tunsil, Jalen Ramsey. uh, Jason Spriggs is a player that I was especially high on. uh, But none of those players, those old players all had first round values, but not top 10 values, not 8.5 and above. Miles Jack was an 8.5 on the dot. In 2015, Marcus Mariota was my top-rated player uh, with an 8.5 on the dot. So he had the same eval score as uh, Miles Jack last year. 2014, I had four players, and they've all turned out to be pretty solid players in their own regard. Uh, Jadavion Clowney was my top-rated player with an 8.57. And he just barely edged out two defensive players, Khalil Mack, with an 8.55. That is the third highest eval score I've ever given out. Anthony Barr for UCLA. He had a tough year this past year, but um, he had a really strong first couple of seasons. Uh, and that was a difficult projection for folks on the outside to make. Uh, not a lot of people saw great success projecting him off the ball. Now you see a lot of people reference Barr as a barometer for players that have some issues as pass rushers with angles and cornering, uh, but have the athletic skill set. And then Jake Matthews was the other one. But if you had to ask me 
who some of my favorite players were from this 2014 draft class. Uh, I'd probably have to start with Jason Verrett. Uh, Jason Verrett is kind of like my archetype at corner to a T. He's a little smaller, uh, but he's still very combative. Uh, he's very reactionary. He's he's quick to click and close and, and, and drive on the ball. And, you know, I just feel so damn bad for the guy because he's, he's unable to stay healthy. But if he were able to stay healthy, uh, you've seen the flashes in San Diego and now in Los Angeles going forward from here. Um, you know, just really, really sudden. He's got that foot quickness to mirror guys. And uh, that is a special trait. That ability to, uh, you know, at, at any position, you know, the feed in a running back are what makes him really special. Feed in pass, uh, pass protectors and offensive tackles is what allows them to stay in front of guys and stay balanced. And that is a gift. Um, a couple other players that I really liked uh, out of this draft group. Uh, I actually, total miss. <laughs> I had a second-round grade on a quarterback from Ball State named Keith Wedding. Uh, I loved Keith's game. Keith was uh, out of Ball State, threw the ball uh, vertical a ton, had some really nice vertical touch. You know, he bounced around a little bit. He was in Cincinnati and Baltimore and um, never really stuck anywhere. He's more of a third-string guy. And um, Wedding... Uh, for me, I think it was. I think I just kind of got crossed up with the fact that he's a fun player to watch because he was accurate down the field, uh, but he did come from a spread offense, and um, that seemed to uh, get some things crossed up. But he was throwing the ball to Willie Sneed, who I really liked. That a fifth round grade on Willie Sneed coming out in that same year, uh, and they had great chemistry together, and. Um, so it's been nice to see Sneed in New Orleans. I get some looks. I know New Orleans continues to uh, shuffle the deck with their wide receivers there. So not sure how much that's going to be sustainable. Um, and then the other player from this 2014 draft class that I want to talk about is uh, a player for Florida State, defensive player, a player that in the meantime uh, has worked his way into being one of uh, the stronger nickel options in the secondary, uh, and that is LaMarcus Joyner. Um, LaMarcus Joyner is a great showcase of my draft process. Uh, Joyner was my third-rated safety in this draft class. Uh, I had him behind Dion Buchanan and Jimmy Ward. Cannon from Washington State, Jimmy Ward from Northern Illinois. Uh, notably missing here, Calvin Pryor, who went 18th overall to the New York Jets. I had him at 169 overall on the board. And Ha, ha Clinton Dix uh, was another player uh, I was not especially enamored with. Uh, so I have a hit and a miss there. Uh, Pryor, um, certainly now he's, he's on the move. He's going to... Cleveland, they seem to be allocating <laughs> hitters at the safety position. It'll be remain remain to be seen whether or not uh, he gets any legs there. Uh, and Haha Clinton Dix has d 
developed into one of the more reliable uh, back-end players. Uh, I had a fourth-round grade on uh, HaHa Clinton Dix. So uh, Clinton Dix uh, proving me wrong. Uh, I think he's a great showcase of folks that say Alabama players enter the league and they're capped out. Um, not necessarily. Uh, HaHa Clinton Dix is a good showcase of that. Uh, he's really coming to his own. Uh, but LaMarcus Joyner, uh, this is a player who had 106th overall on my board. Uh, and as far as I know, that's probably notably higher than a lot of analysts had Joyner because Joyner got hammered for his size. He's a, He was a jack-of-all-trades player, but he came into the draft uh, at 5 feet 8 inches, 184 pounds, with 31.5-inch arms. Uh, when I go through my player assessments and we we talk about size score um size score for safeties uh, is something that's uh it's about five percent now but back then it was a little bit actually greater uh than that um uh, he scored a five out of nine in his size category and size is used as a supplemental so prototypical safety you're looking for somewhere what, probably around 6 foot, 205, 210. Uh, if you want a box guy, you could even get that 210 up to 220. Um, so this is a player that's 4 inches and, and 30 to 40 pounds off the pace of what you want and what you're ideally looking for. And for a lot of people, um, they'll shut down on a player that, that's, that is that far off. Not a lot of guys come in and have great success in that regard. But if you look at the other categories, um, Joyner was highly experienced, played in 51 games. He was a team captain. Uh, he started 31 games. Uh, so he's a highly seasoned player. And his film score uh, was one of the best film scores I gave out the entire year. Uh, he had an 8.45 on his film score which is a first-round film. It's nearly top-10 film. Uh, tremendous versatility. Um, but his athleticism was below average. So you have terrible size, below-average athletic testing, and on the field, a good football player, a great football player. So what does that give you? It gives you uh, his, his final eval score was a 709, uh, which at the time was a third-round value. 109 overall. Um, I'm sorry, 106 overall. So, Joyner's a great showcase on how numerical scoring and having a system can kind of balance these, these things out. Because if you just took his film, you'd say, this guy's going to be a star. And he has been very, very good for Los Angeles. Um, but you can also look at some of the peripheral stuff and say, I don't know where I'm going to take this guy. So, getting uh, that quantified in the way of having a numerical scoring system uh, really kind of helped you know, unblur those lines because you can really wrestle with that. He went in the second round and has been very good uh, for the L.A. Rams. So um, what I'd like to do, because I think this is a, a nice assessment of Joyner, is um, I'm going to read his, his player summary. One of my favorite players, I actually remember writing something back when NDT Scouting was just a blog spot. 
uh, I wrote about Joyner and said why he's one of uh, the best players in the class. And um, I actually got some kickback because his final assessment did not align with that. But again, this is what it's all about. We're talking about on the field and then your peripheral metrics. Uh, Florida State defensive back LaMarcus Joyner has seen time as both a safety and a corner during his career at Florida State. His best NFL projection likely follows the same path as 2013 draft pick uh, Trent Matthew. Joyner is a more talented and safer selection than Matthew was. He has incredible instincts, a knack for creating turnovers, and he's much more physical than his size at 5'8", 184. Joyner's cornerback experience is favorable. It allows him to match up and lock in against slot receivers on blitz-heavy plays, where Joyner has the foot speed and hip flexibility to keep cushion in off coverage. Joyner is effective in the box. He's very active, lining up at various lengths off the line of scrimmage, and has great timing in his blitz, more often than not bursting through a gap and into the defensive backfield untouched. Of course, Joyner's size is going to be a legitimate issue. He will have to be watched for durability, and he isn't going to be a favorable player down in the red zone because of size mismatches in such a tight area. But when it comes to pure talent, Joyner is far and away the most talented safety in this year's class, which is scary considering he only played that position full-time as of 2013. Some things are, are more accurate than others. Uh, <laughs> the thing that stands out that I probably should not have put in there was that he is a more talented um, player than Terrell Matthew, but... Uh, he certainly was a safer value, in my opinion. Uh, Matthew is, again, another one of those same players, but he had some off-the-field issues. Uh, really strong film, questionable size, questionable athletic testing, uh, off-the-field. Joyner didn't have the off-the-field. Uh, both have found success, which makes me very, very happy because they were both great football players to watch. 2015. Uh, I want to touch base quickly on a couple of crushes uh, that we had. Uh, looking through my top 25 this year, uh, some names stand out. Eddie Goldman from Florida State was my 25th rated player. Uh, Stephon Anthony, my 23rd rated player. Alex Carter, a corner from Stanford, was my 24th rated player. I know I was much higher on him than a lot of folks. Uh, but one of my favorite football players I had up at 20th, which was Jay Ajayi from Boise State. And it was great to see Miami finally get on the same page with how they utilized him. You know, the season opener against Seattle this past season, he sat at home. He was not a part of the team. He did not get a chance to showcase himself. And they, they needed him. They missed him. So, um... Ajayi exploding. I think he had three 200-yard rushing games. I know he got the Bills twice for 200 yards in each game. Finished as a top-five rusher. Uh, the Dolphins getting more stability uh, on their offensive line and getting healthy players that stay in there. Uh, you know, they had Brendan Albert last year who was bounced in and out. Uh, Juwan James struggled throughout the year. Uh, Mike Pouncey only played in five games. And Pouncey continues to be a health question mark. Um, Dolphins have since shipped out Brandon Albert. They've got Larry Tunzel sliding for left tackle. Uh, I think they got Steele and Isaac Asiata to play guard. Uh, 
in the fifth round. I think he was a if he was fully healthy, that's probably an early three, late two caliber player. The same thing happened to Jay Jai. I had him 20th on the board. Uh, Ajayi has a quote-unquote knee issue that some teams are scared of. They don't touch him. And now as a result, he slides all the way into the fifth round. This has the potential to be a super steal for the Dolphins in the long term. Um, some players that were in the immediate vicinity with Jay Ajayi include Vic Beasley at 19, Lyle Collins at 18, Amari Cooper at 15, um, Marcus Peters at 12, and another one of my draft courses I actually had at 11, uh, which was Eric Hendricks. I had 15 first-round values on players this year. Marcus Mariota, who I already mentioned, Alvin Dupree was my number two, Leonard Williams was my three, Jameis Winston was my four. I was super high also on Brett Hundley from UCLA that year. He was in my top five as a quarterback, and that's something I do need to reassess and continue to look closer at you know, as I give quarterbacks um, positional bonuses for playing such a premium position. Uh, one thing that I'm wrestling with is, do you give all quarterbacks an even boost of a flat rate? Or as you work your way down the quarterback draft, or do quarterbacks get less and less of a boost? And if I had done that, uh, Hundley would not be quite up this far. He would be down probably somewhere around 12 to 15 instead of up at 5. So it's something I do need to look at. I've been wrestling with it for a couple years, just trying to figure out how to quantify it appropriately. Um, Jake Fisher was my top offensive tackle this year. Uh, again, feet. Feet were special. I really liked that about him. Uh, Kevin White from West Virginia, wide receiver, uh, hoping he can stay healthy, get his head on straight. Uh, Brandon Scherf, uh, DJ Humphreys, the offensive tackle for Arizona, who plays right tackle. Uh, Jalen Strong, who's looking like uh, he's, he's losing his opportunity to prove himself in Houston. And then Eric Kendricks uh, at 11. So that's Mariota, Dupree, Williams, uh, Jameis Winston, Brett Hundley, Jake Fisher, Kevin White, DJ Humphreys, Brandon Scherf, Jalen Strong, Eric Hendricks, Marcus Peters, Todd Gurley, Eric Rowe, Amari Cooper. Top 15 first-round values on all those guys. Uh, continue to work your way down. We'll go through the top 20. Um, Nelson Aguilar at 16. Uh, guy just forgot how to catch the ball. I don't get it because I really like this film. He's, he had the dog with him in college. Uh, Andy Gallick, the center from Boston College, who went to the Titans late in the draft and uh, didn't stick, which is a shame. Uh, Lyle Collins, Vic Beasley, and Jay Ajayi. Some of those guys, Vic Beasley, even Jay Ajayi, could have afforded to bid up probably an extra 5 to 10 spots, but hindsight's 2020. I want to talk about Eric Kendricks. I'm not going to split hairs here. I want to talk about Eric Kendricks. Uh, Minnesota got another one, man. <laughs> Second straight year from 2014 and 2015 that they uh, they landed themselves one hell of a football player. Kendricks plays with urgency. He is fast to explode, drive to the ball. Um, just an absolute relentless animal. And he's another player that got knocked for size. Six foot, uh, between 235 and 240. I believe, well, maybe between 230-235 off the top of my head. Uh, Kendricks, very cerebral football player, was a safe tackler, was a good tackler, clean tackler. 
and um, uh, up until um, some of the players that we had this year, I'm looking at you, Reuben Foster, uh, who I had with the actual uh, Foster edged out Kenrich by just a little bit. But the year before that, um, the year in between those two guys, um, Darren Lee uh, was in the same ballpark as um, Eric Hendricks, but uh, Ruben Foster's taken the mantle for the top linebacker that I've given out in the past three years. Um, they all have a kind of common theme. They're all rangy guys. They're all well-tailored for today's NFL. Uh, Darren Lee needs to show some more physicality out of this group. Uh, Kendrick sorts through traffic by being compact. Foster sorts through traffic with good angles, uh, a high-end first step, and explosive power. So uh, three kind of different players in that you got two mics and two mics that win it against contact uh, differently. And then Darren Lee, who's much more the space guy. Uh, I'm actually going to sit on this. Uh, I think this is a lot for you guys to chew on. Uh, looking over the past couple years worth of stuff. We, we've gone over 20 minutes here, uh, which Lord knows you sit me down in here. and I could talk about it nonstop the entire time. So um, let's use this as kind of the launch point for some stuff that Joe and I are going to be doing over the course of the next couple weeks. Uh, I'm looking specifically at uh, players that I had crushes on. You know, we, we didn't even get into second-round guys, really. I touched on the Marcus Joyner, but... I, I still had a first-round film grade on him. So um, when we come back a little later this week, whether it's Wednesday or Friday, uh, we'll continue this. We'll talk about some more players from um, 15, 16, 14, 17 that, that we had draft crushes on. Who, What players really stand out? And uh, the historical players will look at where they are now, how those players happen to work out. So as a summary from 2014, uh, players I had crushes on were LaMarcus Joyner, uh, Keith Wenning, Jason Verrett. Uh, 2015, I had big crushes on uh, Brett Hundley, Jay Ajayi, and Eric Kendricks. So uh, most of those, I'm happy to say, have turned into quality football players. Uh, a couple missed the mark. We're still waiting to find out about Brett Hundley, Keith Wenning, uh, that's a miss on my part. Um, but yeah, we'll be back on Wednesday with another episode of Draft Dudes. Um, but before we do, uh, and before I sign off, I'd like to highly encourage you guys to swing over to NDTScouting.com. Take a look at all the stuff that we've got coming out. We've really started pumping out some premium subscription stuff. Uh, we have film notes on those players. We show our work over at NDT Scouting. We don't just tell you what we think. We show you why we think it. And uh, that distinction, I think, is really important. Uh, gives us transparency, gives you the chance to see what we're seeing to get the opinions that we get. And hopefully you learn something while you're over there. So highly encourage you guys to do that. Check us out. Uh, we're also over at FanRag Sports. We do a lot of NFL assessment while we're there. Um, lots of stuff, even though it's the offseason, even though it's the first week in June, plenty for you guys to dig into highly encourage you guys to do so i'm kyle krabs this is the draft dudes podcast we'll talk to you on wednesday
Audible is making summer a little bit sweeter for Amazon Prime members. For a limited time, you can join for just $4.95 a month for your first three months and enjoy the stories you love outdoors. Use the Audible app and sit poolside with J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or hit the beach with Stephen King's The Outsider. You'll get one credit a month good for any audiobook. Exchange any you don't like. Summer is the perfect time for this Prime member offer. Get it now at audible.com slash prime. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.